0: God, yes God, amen. It's so good to be in the house of God this evening. At this time we are going to let our princesses and our army go back to their respective places. You're going to see some requests on the screen. I do have needs that we have in the house tonight. If you would, please remember David Curtis. Um, that is Brother Randall's brother. And... Uh, they're not giving him a good prognosis, um, but I do know that God is in control. Uh, very, very urgent situation, very urgent request, and, and the Curtis family has asked that we would be in, in prayer and really lifting up the name of God tonight for, for David and the, and the rest of the family. Um, be in prayer for the O'Connells you know, as they're traveling. And There are several, several needs here. I don't know all the specifics, but I know that God does. And I know that God's able. If you have a need, would you lift up your hand? And would you lift up your other hand? And if you would, just go with me in prayer. God, we ask right now. God, we know that you're a healer. We know that you're able. God, we know that there's nothing that you cannot do. God, you are in control of all things at all times. And God, we come before you right now asking that you would move in a mighty way. God, that your presence would sweep over these needs. God, that there would be healing, deliverance, overcoming in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you give God a hand clap of praise tonight? (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. I'm not going to make you stand for a long time. If you would, if you'd turn with me in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to start reading in, in verse 25. I am grateful for the opportunity to come before you and teach this evening. And I promise not to hold you too long. I promise. Seeing as this is my first time, Brother Drew reminded me that he has no data on me yet. And we don't want to start off on a bad foot. So Numbers 13 and verse 25. Before I get started, I'm actually going to, going to give some background on the text that is here. The Israelites have been going through a rough season. They've been going through a rough time. Um, there have been miracles, signs, and wonders that have that have been taking place in their midst. Um, God has done wonderful things and they have come now to the edge of the promised land, to the edge of what God has called them to to the edge of what God has promised them um, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then the Bible says in verse 1, and I'm just going to allude to this, but the Bible says the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land. Send thou men that they may search the land. And so Moses gets together uh, 12 spies, and he tells them, You need to go search it out. Go, Go as far up as you can go. Go as low as you can go and bring back a report on how good the land is. We want to know about the people. We want to know um, what's going on. We need a report to bring back. Um, and I'm sure Moses thought that this was going to be a faith-building message, that this was preparation for what God was really, really wanting to do, and that you know it was, this was going to be a pep rally for the people. And in verse 20, 25, says, And they returned from searching the land after forty days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came into the land whither thou sinnest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey And this is the fruit of it. So they start off and they say, Surely God has not lied to us about how wonderful the land is. Surely God has not told us a story that is untrue about how wonderful this this promised land is. It certainly is wonderful. It flows with milk. It flows with honey. And this is the fruit thereof. They brought a cluster of grapes back and, and they carried it between two people. And... The next verse really starts off a chain reaction. And they said, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. I'm going to stop reading there for, and I'll allude to some of the rest of this. If you'll go with me to the last verse, verse 33. And they said, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I'm going to preach for just a, just a few moments on the power of a measure. And if you would, if you'll just set your Bibles down, and if you'll lift up your hands, we're going to pray that God would speak to us. God, we thank you for all that you've done. God, we thank you for the power that you've shown us. We thank you for the blessings you've given us. God, I ask that you would anoint us tonight. God, that we could hear your word and respond to it. God, we thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise for your worthy. And if you would, say in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The book of Exodus, or, or the Exodus, which really isn't just the book of Exodus, it's Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, draws a wonderful parallel with the Christian life. We were in slavery to sin. By the power of God, we're delivered from that slavery. Sin, death, and hell chased after us, but God delivered. We walk through a dangerous land that threatens to destroy us every day. God time and time again saves us, deliver, delivers us, provides for us. And then the wonderful thing is, is God doesn't just bring them through a wilderness quickly, but He takes the time and He says, you need commandments. You need instruction and in worship. You need to learn how to live righteously. And and the Lord, the Bible says, was their guide day and night. He was a pillar of, of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. And God guided them at all times. And at His appointed time, He brings them to the promised land where they can experience the fulfillment of all that He has. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like what I'm going through. There was a time where I was lost in sin. If it wasn't for God's grace and God's mercy, I'd I'd still be lost in sin. And there have been things that have happened in my life over and over and over where God has had to step in. Now, I've had wonderful, wonderful church family. I've had people who have been in my life who've provided direction and guidance. But God has always had His hand on me and has always been keeping me through all of these things. Can I get an amen? The children of Israel have went through all of this. They've went through... Uh, backbiting, they've went through um, times where they backslid and, and God, by His grace, has, has brought them forward. And they finally, after you know, a year, two years, we don't know the time frame specifically, but they've come to the edge of the promised land and then something happens. The Bible says in Numbers 13 that God told Moses, send people. But if you read Deuteronomy 122, Brother Drew, if you'll put that up there for me, Deuteronomy 122, this is Moses talking and he says, and ye came near talking about the people unto me, every one of you and said, we will send men before us and they shall search us out the land and bring us word again. So if, if you read Deuteronomy one twenty two, uh, the picture is that God was not the originator of the plan. The people were the people came to moses and said you know we've we've heard about this promised land we've heard about what god's get, uh, has in store for us but if you don't mind we'd like to send some men out to spy it out and see if everything is really true apparently god in his infinite wisdom decided that no that's that's a pretty good idea i'd like to see how this turns out and so he he lets them go And we know that instead of coming back with a good report, instead of just saying, you know, God has been faithful, God has promised us, and all of His promises have been true, they don't stop there, but then they start saying, but, nevertheless, there are some things that He left out. How many of you have ever been through things in life, and you thought, well, God didn't lie, But he probably didn't include the full truth. I God, you didn't tell me it was gonna be like this. You know, you you haven't lied to me. Everything you said is true, everything you said has come to pass, but there are some things you didn't mention. Have y'all ever had that happen? And But the problem is the children of Israel, instead of looking at the faithfulness of God, they start measuring up and they start sizing up all of the obstacles that are going to be in their path. They start looking at the people around them and they said they're strong people. They start looking at the cities that they have to conquer and they said they're walled and they're fortified. They start looking at certain giants in the land and they start looking and saying, how in the world can we take that on? And they don't measure those problems next to what God's already done for them. In fact, if you go to the next chapter, the people say, Moses, Aaron, why did you bring us here? It would be better if we had died in Egypt. It would be better if we had died in the wilderness. For too many of us, and it is possible for us to get so far in the Christian life and then say it would be better for us to have died in the world than to come this far. I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be my testimony. I don't want to get so far and then say, you know, I wish I'd have just stayed back in the life I used to have. That's not the life that I want. I find it interesting that the children of Israel thought that God needed them to look over His shoulder and and survey the problem and the issue. I don't know about you but God's never came up to me and said, "Hey, uh, I got this plan. Um what do you think?" I've <laughs> It's never happened. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying the chance is very slim that God has never came up to me and said, "Hey, you know what? I was I was thinking the other day about doing something and I, I really uh, I'm on the fence about it. What do you think?" God's never done that before. And the thing is, he doesn't need to. The Bible says that he does all things according to the counsel of his own will. That God can think within himself and say, that is good, because I said that it was good. God has all power and wisdom and knowledge and foreknowledge. And God can look at a problem and look at a situation and say, I know that that's the best solution. He doesn't need me to come along in a prayer service and say, God, just so you know, this plan has my stamp of approval. God's never done that before, and I don't expect him to. In fact, when I go to pray, I don't pray that God does my will. I pray that his will is done. And we've got to realize that we've got to get in a position where God can move in us and through us. Because God can move separate from us. We need to understand it is possible to be in the middle of revival and not experience revival. It is possible to come to this church and see souls saved and miraculous works and deliverance and healing and never experience it ourselves because we're too busy measuring other things. We measure each other. We measure the problems in our life. We measure the situation. And if we're not careful, we'll look at the miracle and we say, it's not the right time yet. It's not our job to determine the right time for God to move. It is our job for us to get in a place where God can move through us and with us and say, God, you live outside my time zone. You live outside of my needs and my necessity and my circumstance. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter the problems you're facing. You don't need to measure the problems. You need to say, God, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever you say, that's what I'm going to go through. By their measurement, what faced them was greater than the God who was before them and behind them. By their measurement, they said, he's brought us this far, but we don't know if he's able to do anything else. In spite of the fact that God had been faithful, the people are strong. In spite of the fact that God had been faithful, the cities are walled. In spite of the fact that the people have been faithful, there are giants in the land and we're grasshoppers. If you start measuring up, and this is where the power of a measure comes in. If you start measuring your problems and those go to the forefront of your mind, pretty soon you'll start speaking things that are not true. You'll start saying, I'm just a grasshopper in the eyes of the people. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. And, and there is a ring of truth to that. We are nothing, but God is everything. And if He's on my side, I don't need to worry about the situations facing me. God is more than able to overcome God is more than able to come through. God is more than able to do what He said He was going to do. Can I get an amen? Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now? God does not need my input. It's tempting to think that God depends on us for a whole lot more than He depends on us for. God is God... All by himself there's nobody beside him there's nobody close to him there's nobody equal to him God is God alone and that means regardless of whether I live for him or not he's still in charge regardless of whether I come to church regardless of whether I pray or I fast or I read my Bible God is still in charge regardless of whether I'm having a good day or a bad day God is having a good day because he doesn't have any bad days. God does not wake up one day and go, oh, this is a Monday. God doesn't have Mondays. He doesn't. And, and, and it's tempting to think that, oh, it's Sunday, it's Sunday, and this is the day. If I'm going to get a miracle this week, it's going to be today. It's tempting to think, oh, this is Wednesday. This is the, this is the service where we just kind of chill out. And it's really tempting to think if it's not Sunday or it's not Wednesday or it's not revival service, God can't move. God can move at any time, at any place, in any circumstance. God is not bound by your circumstances or your time frame. Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it can't happen. And so we've got to get in our minds. I don't need to go search out the promised land. I believe that he has everything I need. What I need to do is get ready for when he says go. I don't know when revival is going to come. I don't know when my answer is going to come. I don't know when my healing is going to come. I don't know when my calling is going to come fully to pass. All I know is that if I get in the right place and if I get on God's time, whenever he says it's it's go time, I need to be ready. I've got to be ready to go forward and I've got to be ready to take whatever God has for me. The Bible says in uh, Psalms 106 and 15, that the lord heard the cry of the israelites and granted their request and gave leanness unto their souls it is possible for us to it is possible for us to pray ourselves out of the blessing god has for us it is possible for us to be so worked up and so so enamored with the issues in front of us it is possible for us to go to god in prayer and say god i don't want that i want something else and the, the thing is, I don't, God can grant that and give leanness into your soul. We need to pray, God, if there's anything I'm praying that's outside of your will, ignore it. If there's anything I'm praying that's outside of your perfect will for me, I need you to get ignore it, totally, totally reject that because I need what you have for me. The spies approached their mission with the wrong spirit. They went in thinking that they needed to confirm what God had spoken. There is a problem with going into our walk with God thinking we need to confirm everything. How many of you would say that you're cautious people? Cautious? Okay, You want to verify, double check? Yeah, okay, me too. Um, I... I have been told that I'm confident, but uh, if I'm being honest with you, most of that's a facade. I uh, I was four foot ten and about 95 pounds, um, so about Sean's height. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I was four foot ten and 95 pounds in 10th grade, so I didn't go pick fights with people. It was really easy for me to size up the competition and find myself <laughs> wanting. I'm not the biggest guy now, but in 10th grade, I was the smallest person, including the females, okay? I had no chance whatsoever, and maybe that's made me a cautious person, but I like to size up my odds and make sure that I don't do anything foolish. And there is wisdom. There is wisdom in in praying through something and saying, God... or. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure, but there does come a time where we can't lean on our own understanding, but we've got to trust him. And if he said go, stop measuring the problem again. Let me let me look at that one more time and make sure it's there's there has to be times where we stop measuring things and we say God, if you said go, I don't see how it's going to work out. I don't know how you're going to heal me. I don't know how you're going to fix this problem, but I know that you're faithful and you'll do whatever you said you're going to do god does not need a perfect set of circumstances we spend too much time measuring our problems and we're overtaken by fear the bible says that the just shall walk by faith and not by sight and too often we want to see things that god has hidden from us too often we want to we want to be able to see the end result when God says, no, I need you to walk by faith. I've intentionally hid that from you because I don't need your input and I don't need you to see what I'm doing, what I, the basis of every transaction between heaven and earth, and you need to hear this, the basis of every transaction between heaven and earth, the, the, the foundation upon which that acceptance happens is your faith. Every time God says I'm going to do something, the only thing I need to accept that and grab it is faith and obedience. If I've got faith and obedience, the Bible says I can say to the mountain, move, and it be moved. I can say to the sycamore tree, be cast into the sea, and it'll happen. The only thing I need is obedience and faith. I don't need to see it. I don't need to know how it's going to happen. I don't need to work it out logistically. I just need to do what God said. There are too many times where we get our spiritual tape measure out and we start saying, you know, God, you you told me, you told me 10 years ago that 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 you had a plan and I've been doing some measuring lately and I've got some modifications. Things didn't work out the way I thought they would 10 years ago. I'm 26, almost 27. Life doesn't look the way I thought it would when I was 26 or 27. God, there are things in my life that I don't think should be there. What do I do? Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. There is a danger in measuring too much. The Bible says in Numbers 14 that the people murmured against Moses and they said, you've brought us here and our wives will die by the sword and our children will be prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And here was God's response. He said, since you're faithless and since you don't believe, I'm not going to stop the promise. But your children that you said would die in the wilderness, they'll get it for you. Your children that you said would fall prey to the enemy, they're going to be the ones to attain it. And for 40 years, one year for every day those spies were in the land, for 40 years you will wander around in circles while every single one of you die, but your children will see it. I don't want my children to see the revival that was promised to me. I don't want my children to have to fight the battles that were promised to me. Let me tell you something. When the children of Israel finally went into the promised land, the giants were still there. The walls were still there. The issues were still there. The people were still strong. Nothing had changed in 40 years. It had only gotten worse. But God said, I'm still able. I'm still capable. I'm still willing to do it. I don't want it to be said of us that we put things off and God had to give it to another person. If God's got a calling for me, I want it to be in my life. If God's got a revival for this church, I want it to happen in my lifetime. If God's got deliverance for my family, I don't want to wait for my kids to have to pray it through. I want it right now. And we've got to stand up in faith. We can't measure this thing anymore by our own eyesight. But we got to say, God, whatever it is that you have, I'm willing to take it. God, whatever it is that you've got in plan for me, I'm willing to take it. Mm. I'm willing to take it. No more questions. No more measuring. Faith, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven and one, is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. It's talking about two men. Part of the part of the twelve. Ten, the Bible says, came back with an evil report. And two came back with a good one. Well, did they see something else that that the other ten didn't see? No, they saw the exact same things. They saw the giant. They saw the walls. They saw the people. They saw the situation. They saw the obstacles. But their response was, let's hurry up and go because God has got this. God has this. We're... I don't know how we're going to do it, but I know that God's able. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. There are things in our lives that I do not see. I do not know how in the world God is going to work through some of the situations in my life. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not here complaining. I'm not here whining. I'm just saying I don't see it. But I know in faith that God has moved in my life time and time and time again. I can give you testimonies about when I paid my tithes and I didn't have enough money to pay my bills, but God provided. I can tell you of times where I I was sick and I didn't have money to go to the doctor, but the Lord provided and the Lord healed and the Lord delivered. I can tell you of times in my family that God has stepped in just in time. And provided for needs I didn't even know I had. I used to get so frustrated when me and my wife first got married. We would save uh, as much as we can, as we could. And and our goal was, you know, we need $1,000 in the emergency fund. And it seemed like every time we reached $1,000, something would come up. Every time. It took us two years to get that emergency fund because every time we got $1,000, there would be Landon lost the car keys, so we had to pay to get car keys. Landon had a wreck, so we had to. You know, it all starts with me, by the way. <laughs> but it took us a long time. But instead of getting frustrated, I did. I would tell God, God, thank you, because I didn't know that that was coming up. I didn't know that that was on the horizon. But you always provided just enough, just on time. God knows the future. A lot better than we do. And so we've got to stop counting the days. We've got to stop counting the moments. We've got to stop counting the problems. And we've got to stop taking measure. It's time we put our spiritual tape measures at the altar. And leave them there. And say God whatever you think. You know my frame. You know my problems. You know my situation. And I know that you are able and willing to take care of me. No matter what. And we don't even need to worry about the enemy. The children of Israel were so focused on the enemy in front of them, they could not see that God was already working a miracle. We give the devil too much credit, we give the devil too much power, we give the devil too much authority. Because we we're always focused on, oh, that's just the work of the devil. And, and, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm, I'm not here to s- split hairs, but I don't care what he's doing. God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all I can ask or think. He's able to do anything. It, here's the deal. Heaven and, earth, heaven and hell fight for you. One fights for your behalf because they want to. The other fights against their will. Hell is only there to polish and make you what you need to be. The devil fights for you every day of your life, and you think, oh, he's working against me, he's going against me, uh, the devil's really bringing me down. No, the devil is there for you to overcome. At every, at every level, there's a new devil. At every place that you go, at every calling, at every, at every milestone, there's another thing you've got to go through. But God says, I'm your provider, I'm your healer, I'm your supplier. Everything that you need, if you'll just keep turning back, if you'll just keep turning back, God's gonna provide every time. If you would please stand, stand with me. Told you I wouldn't be long. I want you to think tonight about this the situation or the circumstance that looms before you. But I don't want you to take a measure of it. I don't want you to I don't want you to get overwhelmed by that tonight. I want you to place next to it the promise that God has for your life. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a family member. Whatever that is, there are promises, and and maybe more than one, that God has put in your life. And and if it's been a while, it's really easy for us to lose faith uh, about how that's going to work out. But I'm not here to discourage you tonight, I'm not here to uh, to bring you down, but I'm here to encourage you that God is always 100% in control, all the time. When you're overwhelmed, He's in control. When you're full of faith, He's in control. When you're out of faith, He's in control. God is always and forever in control, so... Tonight, I want us to put down our spiritual tape measures, and I want us to lift our hands. I'm going to tell you, right before I close, I'm going to tell you what will fix your problem. The more I praise God, the bigger He gets. The more I worship Him, the larger He is. The more I The Bible says we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It is okay for us to look and say, God, I remember when you did this and I remember when you did that. You need to remind yourself every once in a while where God brought you from. It's okay to look back and say, if he did that, David did that when he was about to face Goliath. He told Saul, he said, God's delivered me from the lion and from the bear. What's this? You've got to take a look back sometimes and draw strength from what God did in your past. Don't be overwhelmed by what's right in front of you. We put way too much stock in the problem right in front of us. It's really easy for us to overestimate what's right in front of us. Because we can't see around it. But God's above it. God's God's already in the future saying, come on, I've got this. If you would, would you close your eyes and would you lift your hands? If you want to come up front, you can. But I would would just ask for just a moment if we could just lift up our hands and would you remind yourself of what God's done? Would you remind yourself of what God's brought you from and what God's brought you through? God, in your name, God, you've brought me through financial trouble. You've brought me through sickness. You've brought me through... God, you've brought me through sin. You've brought me through struggle and depression. God, I ask right now that you would move in this place. God, I ask that you would give us a heavenly view of our problems and of our issues. God, in your name, I ask that we would bind together in unity, God, and we would come and combat in Jesus' name.